Hi loves, you're back with Jen and Kai for another wonderful, marvelous episode of Tits and Teeth. And who do we have for you today, hmm? Oh, just a fierce as hell woman who is taking over the world. Lisa Stevens is our guest today. Lisa is a director choreographer who is a literal international woman. She has worked from Canada to the West End to Australia to Broadway and back again. We chat with Lisa about the journey she's been on putting up Dolly Parton's 9 to 5, how to make yourself essential, and forging your own path. We also just had a quick catch up with Lisa because we had recorded her episode pre-COVID-19 life change. We wanted to see how she's enjoying her home time and grab some new advice from her for this time in our lives. There is so much to learn from Lisa. Oh, and it was so nice to hear from her again. So let's catch up with Lisa and then we'll jump right into our full interview with her, beginning with those 60 second questions. Take it away. <laughs> Lisa Stevens, welcome back to Tits and Teeth. Thank you. Thanks for talking to us again, to you know. Get reacquainted with this climate because we recorded with you a while ago before all this COVID-19 business went down. So we just need a little update from you, Lisa Stephen. <laughs> you mean all the work that hasn't happened that I said the- was going to? <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what we mean. <laughs> Us too. Um, but how are you doing? I'm actually shockingly well. I think I've kept a pretty, uh, you know, rational Um, mindset through all of this so far and um, you know spiritually I'm I'm okay rationally I'm okay and as I was I was telling you guys before I think that I've discovered that I'm actually a woman of leisure (laughs) (laughs) you found your calling darling (laughs) darling yes it's called the couch the floor the table the carpet (laughs) the throw rug Anything that puts me in a supine position. I love it. Very love nice. It. What are you doing so to stay sane? So, yeah, what are you doing? Well, you know what? There's a few things. I was thinking of it before, and I, I thought of a uh, an acronym for it, which is RRSP. Oh. Um, RRSP. R is trying to be rational about all this. Mm-hmm. The next R is trying to be reasonable and realistic. The S was, uh, I think, being sensitive to others and sensitive um, to what's being, um, you know, offered to us in terms Mm -hmm. of what we need to do to comply and to stop the spread, um, Mm -hmm. safety. And then the P was try to be productive, you know, whether that is... um, is, is, if that's spiritual for people or if that is just finding one thing that makes you happy every day. For me, it's cleaning the house. Actually, I find a lot of, um, I find that cathartic cleaning. I don't know why. And um, I started taking up uh, gardening. And we all, I, you know, I'm growing those potatoes just in case the famine's coming. No, just kidding. Um, but I, no, 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 seriously. Um, I'm planting potatoes. I don't know, talking to friends and just taking each day as they come, not looking too far ahead because I know there is a a new normal coming mm-hmm. and I'll be, in this industry anyway, working again. 
I don't know when that's going to be, but Mm -hmm. um, I know it'll happen. So I'm not trying to get too unreasonable about it or become hysterical or or support any sort of anxiety that I may be feeling at any time. I don't think that's helpful or useful. So just trying to keep a a level head and a sound mind and um, a positive outlook. Beautiful. Um, You are also teaching some class, or you have taught a class online. Yeah. Are you going to teach more? I am. I am. And I'm hoping to do more, too, because they're really fun. Um, And the most fun part about it is trying to avoid the furniture in my house. Always? (laughs) Yeah. I I had to to retake a couple of times because I knocked a picture off the wall. And... uh, (laughs) It is a disaster. And, you know, you get phone calls in the middle of it, too. You don't even want to know what was censored out. Um, but, yes, I, I taught one for um, Musical Theater Mondays for mm-hmm. Sierra Brewerton, and that was really fun. I'm doing a few Bollywood classes uh, for a studio in uh, Virginia and uh, doing some, you know, pro bono stuff for Groove With Me in New York. And um, I don't know. I just might throw up a couple for fun. Just because yes. I like doing it. And man, I love dancing, you know? Yeah. I love dancing. That's part of what makes me so happy. So if I can share it with somebody and they can send me their videos back, that's uh, that's a lot of joy. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, it is always very joyful to uh, to dance and groove alongside you. So oh, um, keep sharing you. them, babes. Keep putting it out there. And um, yeah, that's freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> at the moment, uh, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a sense of community that we're trying to um, make sure that we capture and create at this time. And mm-hmm. so we're so thankful for you just to coming up for coming on and having just a little quick chat with us do you have a little message to um to the community at this at this moment in time i think people just have to keep level-headed they have to comply they have to do what's right to keep themselves and others safe from spreading this contracting this and um you know all will be good all will be good again it's just a matter of time you know don't get too crazy about it i know it's hard it's been hard for all of us, and, you know, a lot of my friends have had it or have it in New York City, some worse than others, and we pray for them. Yeah. But um, all we can do is um, be responsible and um, know that we are in control of this, whether we, you know, spread it or whether we keep it contained. It's, it's, it's all of us complying together. Yeah, so I, I think it's just doing what you're supposed to do. And then, you know, the future's coming. There's there's no doubt about that. And no of course, it's going it. to, yeah, and it's a new future and it'll be phased back in. Um, but, you know, entertainment, sports and entertainment is, is going to come back. But I think what needs to come back first are the essential things and, and then we'll be the cherry on top. Well, that's cute. The cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah. The best part. <laughs> then, I'll, then, I'll, then I'll eat it. Yeah. Like I'm eating everything else. Perfect. <laughs> I know that's the other hard thing while we're all at home is not eating everything in sight, which is what I'm personally doing. But. Oh, oh yeah. You know, I, I've been doing trivia almost like three times a week. Um, I was looking up a new question because I, you know, I like random drivel. And uh, here's one. So what do you... What do Americans, Canadians do on average 
every single day. 22 times a day. 22 times a day. Uh, go to the bathroom. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I pee a lot. Do we? We open the fridge. Oh, oh yeah. That would make yeah, sense yeah. to all. <laughs> and during COVID, it's probably twice that. Oh, my goodness. Yep. yep. You're not wrong. Well. <laughs> so that was one of my trivia questions. You should have heard the answers, though. <laughs> yeah, why? What did people say? <laughs> I can't say it on in public. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, that's a lady. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, just to kind of recap, thank you so much for chatting to us. I know that that was quick, but just a little recap on that. I love your RRSP. That was to be rational, reasonable, sensitive, and I loved your definition of productive because yeah. it, what you were really looking at was holistically being productive you're mm-hmm. looking after productivity for your body mind and spirit and i thought that was super cool awesome mm-hmm. thank you lisa awesome. Super well thanks for having it. me again it's great seeing you guys you too we love you to pieces. stay well oh i love you too She's a wise and wonderful lady, just reminding us to be kind to ourselves. And again, I loved her definition of productivity. Being productive can be just looking after your spirit and reading that book or writing in that journal. So I know I personally feel great in that knowledge. So thank you for that, Lisa. Okay, let's head over to Lisa's pre-recorded interview where I'm personally reminded how good it is to laugh and connect with friends. So thank you guys for connecting with us in this way today. And we certainly hope we make you smile. Here is our 60 seconds rapid fire segment with the wonderful Lisa Stevens. Take it away, Jade. It's time for 60 seconds with a godfather. 60 seconds with a godfather. Not 20, not 30, not 40, not 50. It's 60 seconds with a godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Not even warmed up yet. Oh my gosh, ready? Here she (laughs) goes. Lisa Stevens in three, two, one. Can you still kick your face? No. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. Could you whip out all the original choreo from Chicago right now? Yes. True or false, you've met the queen? Yes. You have the best, most toned arms in the biz. Do you lift, bro? <laughs> the bro does not lift. <laughs> okay. No, she doesn't. Favorite Dolly Parton song right here, right now. Change it. Love it. Which West Side Story character do you most relate to? Anybody's Anita, Maria, or Riff? Riff. <laughs> Favorite celebrity you've ever worked with? Oh, Donnie Osmond. Ooh. Wait. Guilty. Oh, no. Okay, Donnie. Okay. Donnie. <laughs> we'll go back to that at the end. Okay. Okay. Love. Guilty pleasure snack food? Um, the pizza Christini I just had. Yes. Would you say you're a type A personality? Oh, um, I've been told I'm a type A personality. What do you think? I, I would say so, maybe. And that's it? That's our 60 that's seconds? It. That's our 60 seconds. I, I was thinking about that. I was like, I think she's A type. And then I was like, but I don't know. It depends. Yeah, you're also like chill and laid back, but then very specific and very focused. It just really depends on what I'm doing. I think that I would like to be more chill. Work it's overrated. Progress. It's overrated. <laughs> okay, so who was the celebrity you were flipping between? Donny Osmond and who? Well, so I've worked with a few, right? Um, and my, I base it on who was the nicest to work with. Perfect. And um, he made that such a pleasant experience. Plus, he was um, so impressive. Tell me. Oh, Donny was. Donny. Okay. 
Yeah, just his work ethic, um, his relationships with people on set, um, how much he cared for the show, oh, cared about nice. the audience, cared about us. And he was, you know, full out and committed, and his heart was in it the whole time. So I think that's why he was my favorite. Ugh. Where where did you guys work together? Um, we did the Joseph movie oh, in yeah. London at Pinewood Studios. There's some right. badass pictures of Lisa Stevens in that in that movie that I've seen. Just looking like a million bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, Joseph. That was which like when I was in the naked body stocking or when I was dressed as a cow. <laughs> um, both. I would say if anyone's going to be a hot cow, bed. that's Lisa Stevens. I was a skinny cow. So yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just to be clear. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay, great. And then what's the queen story? Um, yeah. So I've met her a few times. Get out. Yeah. A few times. Yeah, a few times. Um, when I was Damn. living in England, I was involved with productions that were deemed worthy of a command performance for the queen. Such as? What were they? Um, well, when I did Chicago. Mm-hmm. So our cast was invited to perform on the Royal Variety Performance uh, TV show that they have every year and at the end you you know you bow to the queen first who is up at the box and then you bow to the audience and then afterwards we do a receiving line right and um, so the queen one year Prince Philip Charles Diana I mean, they were all there at different points right. so and then one year when I wasn't in a show I was one of the royal variety dancer singers Baby, what does that mean? Tell um, us. Well, you know, I guess it's the segue performers as, okay. from one to another. They'd have a big opening number, a finale, and so I was a part of that. And oh, yes. So, Ella Tony. Ella the Tonys. Like yeah, that's right. That's like right. Things. It's And, you know, it was it's a humbling experience, and it was an honor. So, you know, that's a, that was a highlight in the career, was meeting... meeting uh, Meeting her majesty. Yes. What color was she in? Do you, I love that she's head, dressed head to toe in one color. What colors was she in? <laughs> I don't remember, but I think it was... I always wanted to be like a canary yellow. <laughs> well, I, I remember it was it was probably pretty neutral. Oh, you know what? She came to our opening night at Bombay Dreams on uh, in she the West did. End, too. Yeah, I remember that because she was wearing um, a color. She was quite bright. Head to toe. You know she does that for security reasons. I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I can spot her. They're right. like, protect the queen in her canary <laughs> yellow. Go, go, go. And like her five foot one frame and oh, there she is. <laughs> yeah, we found it. Yeah. All right, Lisa. We always ask our guests first and foremost, what is your favorite musical and your dream show to direct slash choreograph? Oh, my favorite musical of all time. It's probably an unoriginal answer, but it's West Side Story, uh, just because it's, you know, it's everything and everything. Yeah. Um, and then what would I like to direct and choreograph? Well, actually, I would like to direct and choreograph that one. I mean, mm-hmm. I choreographed yeah, it. Yeah, we got to do it together. Um, but uh, I think to really get into the headspace and to, to live there for a month with all the actors would be really uh, life-changing. Into it. Yes. Check. Sign, mm-hmm. seal, deliver. Check. 
Okay, Lisa, you are killing it across the globe, my friend. Thank so you. you have uh, you have Deli Patton's nine to five running in London right now. Yes, you have uh, you're here with me in New York City I right am, now. Girl. You're a Torontonian. <laughs> you're a Vancouver. You're about to do another one in Australia, nine to five. Yes. You're about to launch there. You have a tour that's out at the moment, and you're on my TV. Oh my uh, gosh, <laughs> for oh, Disney's no. encore right now. Kristen Bell is posting her face on the internet. Can I just say how many text messages I've received after that? I just, love just, it. Oh, I, I didn't know that I was like that. I, you know, you talk about type A personality. That is exactly what you're like in no. rehearsals, though. No, you're I'm like insane. so intense, but oh that oh, it's fantastic, guys. We'll post. I it was or so. I, I was like, how come they left that in? That is so not me. And everybody was saying, no, no, that's you exactly. <laughs> so just for our listeners, she is. Uh, she's talking to the cast, but she. She's so in it. She's like, go, go, go. It's worse than the that. Hairs, the hair is That's going to be a new hashtag. <laughs> go, go, go. I go, love go, it. go. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, it's yeah, it's Lisa personified. I love it. Because she's exuberant. Um, there's so much joy attached to the work, which is awesome. It was fun. It oh, was very fun. We love it. So um, you're everywhere right now. So we wanted to know just where do you call home and how did working in multiple markets become a part of your story? Where do I call home? I call home New York City. Cool. You know, I used to call it Vancouver, mm -hmm. but I haven't been there for such a long time and it's changed so much since I've been it's hard for me to recognize it and feel right. that same sort of uh, familiarity yep. as I used to you know I've lived in London for eight years mm -hmm. and that was fantastic uh, the culture the art the history but I'd say New York feels most like home because uh, you know obviously I bought a place here my friends are here there's a lot of uh, inspirational work here New York City is um, it offers so many opportunities and also as we were talking before so many different pockets offer yeah. different things that will give you your joy your solace your um, your aspirations cool. well how did all of that because uh, you're obviously closely tied to the West End right. for um, you know just even starting working on the West End in Chicago and mm -hmm. then Bombay Dreams here and the West End you have lots of stuff with tours going on everywhere how did you make all working in multiple markets work for you or how did that kind of come about right that's a good question <laughs> because it's been <laughs> it's taken a long time to get there it was something that I always wanted to be was an international artist yeah um, just could I so I could grow and I could learn and I could experience um, you know art and entertainment in, in different cities cultures yeah. um, and, and you know learn something along the way that um, I wouldn't necessarily have picked up in one place like mm -hmm. Canadian theater is very different than you know Know, theater in the West End and and you know West End of Broadway is very different too but I made my way over to England um, I had a dance school in, in Vancouver for a while and yeah. uh, didn't really want to stay with it uh, for too long and get tied to it when I still had time like to you have a career. Like dance school? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I often forget about it because I was, <laughs> I was, I was a teenager yeah, when I started it um, just to make some extra money and then it grew yeah. into, you know, this company, a junior company. And I was, I guess, you know, in hindsight, it was actually, uh, giving me the experience in choreography, creativity, and creating things very quickly and different from one another. Mm -hmm. 
and also people skills is oh, working with uh, <laughs> with teenagers is is tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, ended up in England um, after deciding that I needed to get out into a bigger arena and see how I would fare amongst people that were pros. I decided I would give myself a year to try to find that out. And then did you do that through like the essentially the working holiday agreement that uh, Canada and England has? I did not. My hmm. father was British. Oh, cool. oh. So I was able to get uh, a visa that way. And also because there's Commonwealth between mm-hmm. England and Canada, I was able to uh, receive reciprocity with equity. So um, I had to pay a little fee. Yeah. And was able to do that. But it, you know, had I not had that connection, I would have done the holiday yeah, uh, work visa. Holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that took you over to London. Mm-hmm. I ended up staying eight years there. Cool. And um, reinventing myself as the you know performer that I wanted to be, including a choreographer. So I was um, I was in the pop circuit then when when the you know the boy and girl bands were big, like the Spice Girls were just getting together. Get out. Were you choreographing for those bands. Well, I choreographed for a few, yeah. Uh-huh. They were very popular at the time. That's when Boyzone wow. and S Club 7 and All yes. Saints and Eternal yes. were all really hot. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We sing a lot of S Club still in this house. Come on. I don't know why, but it constantly comes up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I actually did a... Um, so I choreographed for a young pop artist who was just happened to be... He won the Smash Hit Awards. Okay. His name was Kavanaugh. And uh, he had a lot of number ones on the charts. His record label was, they were doing a tour, and S Club 7 was on the tour, along with, um, who sings, I'm a Barbie girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, Aqua. Aqua. Yeah. Aqua. They were there. <laughs> at, but, you know, I wasn't really a fan of the, so they're a duo, right? I can't remember his name, but he was wearing a Montreal Canadian hockey jersey. Okay. And I thought, oh, we have something to talk about because I'm a Canuck. I went over there and started talking to him about hockey, and he had no idea what I was talking about. He said, girl, I just like the jersey. (laughs) I was like, you got to get that off. You can't wear a Habs jersey and not even be a fan. Anyway. That's funny. So I was choreographing and performing there in the West End. And, you know, when you're in Europe, you have, you know, your fingertips reach, you know, Germany and and Sweden and Norway. And so you can expand very quickly and easily from that sort of base. And eventually I made it over to New York because the show that I was doing in the West End uh, was transferring. And I put myself purposely into a position where they... They couldn't do it without me. <laughs> um, may we ask, was that perhaps, was that Bombay Dreams? That was Bombay Dreams. So, you know what? Welcome to a beautiful transition moment uh-huh. in our questions. Um, saying that you were in Bombay Dreams in the West End as a dance captain and associate choreographer. It came to New York. And then you went to on to choreograph it for the tour with Bay York Lee as the director. Right. You said you made that transition happen. You made yourself essential. Yes. Can you tell me how that happened? It's, it's such a manipulation of life. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a tricky, difficult business. You really have to think ahead. So, mm. you know, it only took me 17 years. <laughs> um, but finally, um, so, you know, with each show you do, depending on where you want to end up in your career, you know, you have to take the 
those steps to put yourself in a position where you are needed, right? A commodity. So being the dance captain, being the associate choreographer, Mm -hmm. that entailed me helping with the casting and also working new people into the show. And doing this every day, you know, allowed me to know the show from head to tail. Right. And you were the that. professional that they wanted to keep working with, obviously. You were good and Absolutely you were essential. You, yeah, you well, I would say that. effective. <laughs> That's a great word. I love it. Yeah, effective and, um, you know, you try, to, you try to get along with everybody and... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's got to be truthful, though, because people can see right through you after five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so so, yeah, I, I made myself an effective and essential part of that show. So when it moved over to Broadway and they needed someone to help cast and, and put it together, my hand went up, you know, mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. So then I went over and uh, that's how I ended up in, in New York. Did you stay in New York after that? Or did you, like, would they have just brought you over? You had a visa here, so then you just had to leave with the show? Or did you end up sticking Um, around here? Well, as soon as I knew that I was going, I contacted a lawyer in Toronto and started the process for my green card. And um, I think it was the day we got our closing notice that my um, green card approval came through. Hey. Yeah, she was <laughs> on it. Well done. <laughs> yeah. So I just uh, ended up staying, and um, things started rolling after that, which was really great. It was, I was, I have to say, I was lucky in many situations just to be in the right place at the right time, and also, you know, making those connections that would eventually help me in the future. I mean, there's lulls too. And, um, you know, you're sidestepping, two-stepping for a while, but, you know, you never try to go backward. It's mm-hmm. always, you know, two steps forward. Oh, one, step, one, step one step to the side. I was <laughs> going to say one yeah. step to the side. Um, what forward, do you do with your time in, in those moments? Like, how do, you, how do you fill those moments with a positive brain space, actually? Um, it's easier now just because I know more people. Yeah. And so I spend that, I spend the downtime um, cultivating work. Yeah. I'm at a point now where I've been out with producers and um, I'm asked the question, what do you want to do next? They wouldn't ask Ooh. it if they weren't interested. Of course. That's so, a nice question. Yeah. And, you know, so I, the first time I was asked that, I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, several have asked me. So now... You know, there's always something in the back of my head that I I can pitch. You know, people people want to work. Yeah. People want to be creative with someone that they like, and um, if the idea feels good, the energy's right between between the creatives, um, then you know they might take a chance on it. So you never know. So that's what I do in my downtime. Is I. Um, you know, I figure out what I want to do next, who I want to work with. You know, the feelers are always out. Um, but when I was younger and I didn't have those, I didn't have those reaches, it was spent training right. and um, just trying to better myself, um, educate myself as an artist, um, you know, expand my knowledge, expand my experiences. Yeah, because there's always so much bloody learning to be done, isn't there? Yeah, Which is good I mean, if you can enjoy that. Then it that's never a stops, visit. you know, and it never stops. And even now, um, when I was in Australia recently, I'm still learning in the audition process right. and being inspired by those in front of me. So it really is, it's, it's 
it's a wonderful trajectory mm-hmm. in artistry. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love watching you work as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, like we kind of touched on Uh-oh. before, as a director and a choreographer in both, you're very uh, direct, you're very intense, but you're very specific, which as an actor is wonderful Mm -hmm. um just even watching you um assisting you for a couple of auditions and things like that the way that you will interact with your actor is very generous because you're able to give them exactly what you're looking for just tell us a little bit about how you prep for a show as a director oh it depends if it's a play or a musical okay Although a story is a story, so I guess it is actually the same sort of preparation. I I read the story from from the uh, top to bottom, mm-hmm. and if it's a musical, I, I you know I I breeze through the the songs unless they're story supported songs. Um, but I really am trying to find what the truth is and what the angle is. So there's something um, I feel I can relate to, and something that I want the audience to learn. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not so obvious. Like with Greece, people have this, you know, they want to come home with a certain feeling or, you know, they want that the story that they saw up on the screen. And um, <laughs> I like that story, but I also want to find something else that they didn't notice the first time around. Right. Um, I never knew that Rizzo was X, Y, Z, or yeah. I'd love that relationship between Roger and Jan. They didn't yeah. explore that, you know, in the movie. So I, I'm, I want to try to look for something uh, unique and then really focus in on, on character and mm-hmm. go deep. Even if it's what people would consider a marshmallow of a story, there's, there's always depth to every single person in it. Oh. So, a marshmallow is always a s'more, just waiting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hi. Just got to heat that thing up and, you know, watch yeah. it expand. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I think I really enjoy focusing in, you know, whether it's a West Side Story or if it's The Little Prince or if it is High School Musical yep. um, or something completely new. What is the angle? You know, what is the story you're trying to tell? Very good. I love it. And just like the search for truth. That's it. That's all we're all mm-hmm. trying to do, right? As actors, as then from your mouth, like as a director as well. Just, mm-hmm. find, just find the truth. Just yeah. telling stories. And also I think... You know, life is funny. Even when it's it looks bleak and it's serious and intense, there's always humor to be found. And I love comedy. I love comedy, and I love um, I love directing comedy, uh, and I love to laugh. So yeah. I think in every show, I look for you know where those moments are. That's part of the truth too. Especially in dark moments, like people in dark moments, we feel uncomfortable in life. So often we use humor as a tactic. Like there's no reason why that, just because it's a serious moment, why there shouldn't be humor in it in a story, like in a book play or in a book musical. It should be. So I think that that's, yeah, that's life. Fuck, we're just trying to make (laughs) each other laugh. (laughs) Yeah, and it also gives, you know, the audience a second to breathe. A second to breathe, yeah, from all the, even... I guess the last like really serious show I saw would have been Dear Evan Hansen. And there's lots of humor in Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. It's full of it. Yeah. Like dealing with a very serious story matter, but it's full of it too. Yeah. yeah. It's true. I saw Inheritance over two nights. Inheritance. Ooh. It was, it was fantastic. It was, the direction was, was amazing. And the story was important and it wasn't 
spoon fed to you. It was it was it was delivered epically and slowly. And you know, it was riddled with with humor. Mm-hmm. And you really wanted to lean forward and be a part of that story. And I, and I think the, you know, the juxtaposition of um humor into a very serious subject matter makes it more palatable to an audience it's easier to take on board and and to digest yes yeah agreed Mm, dissecting stories very good so nine to five so tell us about that story it's very uh it's very heavily women driven Mm -hmm. um which is fantastic why do you think that that is such an important story to tell and why is it resonating with people right now You know, I, I think it's always resonated, mm-hmm. but it's just being brought to light now. Do you think it was ahead of its time? Absolutely. And, you know, that's the show that doesn't die. Yeah. It's been it's been a TV series. Did you know that? No, okay. I didn't. Yeah, it was a TV series. Um, they're working on the sequel to the movie right now. Oh, I mean, it's it's had so many different incarnations over different um, media vehicles. It's it's timeless, really. And they're actually making a documentary about just that question now, called "Still Working Nine to Five. I love that. And they're interviewing everybody that's ever been a part of it, from Lily Tomlin to um, um, Alice Janey. Alice and Janey, you know, they explore that idea about why it was popular then, why even more so now. And I think with our show, this disparity between the three ladies, you know, ranges from 20 to, I'd say, 46 in the workforce mm-hmm. and, and how stigmatisms about women in, in the work area, how they play out over the ages right and then what they can do about it in fantasy and in reality mm. and one thing i like about our show is when they stick it to the man it's yeah. not done in a malicious way it's you know the audience looks forward to it because he's someone that you love to hate right mm-hmm. um he's he's funny he's he's lovable uh, but he's also despicable um and so when you when you see him get strung up you know y- you cheer you cheer for the three ladies but you're also cheering like for this guy getting what he deserves so it's it's very cleverly directed and written dolly wrote a new song for it uh called hey boss Um, hey boss which is an irreverent look at um what he doesn't offer as a leader and what they can do about it without giving anything away even though i just said it a couple of minutes ago i love it i love it (laughs) well tell us a little bit about dolly because she is i think she was so ahead of her time in writing this show she also kind of tackles with the fact that women are pitted against each other which is so clever dolly's also like blowing up right now as um kind of a a, she's always been an icon but Mm -hmm. very specifically a pop culture icon right now Mm -hmm. tell us about her and what it's been like working with her she is everything that you would hope she would be oh love perfect truth and uh, she's lovely she's generous she's kind she's irreverent self-effacing supportive and generous with her heart and time Mm -hmm. so she is an inspiration and you know she is a role model she has chosen to be who she is because Mm -hmm. she likes it and you know I'm sure she's, you know, judged from, from, you know, here to eternity. But what I like about her is that she doesn't really care. 
Like, she said, this is me and this is who I am. She says this thing. She says, um, you know, it takes a lot of work to look this cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dolly Parton. Love it. Yeah, yeah. And, Uh you know, she's so kind. And you you said something earlier about um, she is an advocate of women working together instead of pitting pitting each other against each other. And even when she wrote that musical, it was just so ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. We weren't there to tackle those issues yet, that women were actually put against each other. It's so clever. And, you know, and this is what... So when 9 to 5 was was first being put together for Broadway, I was working on a similar show with three ladies called the First Wives Club. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was difficult for me to relate to those three women, unlike the women in 9 to 5, because these three women, the story was that they were... um, you know, hurt and thrown away by their by the men in their life. And mm-hmm. what did they do to get themselves back on top? They used uh, revenge. Um, they were deceitful and malicious. Um, and I didn't think that was a great message for intelligent women and uh, for any woman. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's um, it's not a message that I that I wanted to support that that's yeah. how the only way, way women could get ahead. Um, what I liked about in 9 to 5 is that they use each other's intelligence, their creativity, and their friendship to make a life for themselves and to rise above all the bullshit. Oh. And that's what I related to. Um, so it's interesting, in you know, in the storytelling, you know, w- when I talk about what story do you want to tell, that's the story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, positive, true stories and lifting each other up rather than tearing each other down. Yeah, I mean, use the tools that motivate and inspire instead of ripping others down to get ahead. Absolutely. And I think we're coming more as a society. We're at least trying to come more from a place of kindness, These, especially with everything that's going on in the world. That's why on the podcast we always say, Hashtag don't be a dickhead. (laughs) But it is, it's just, you know, leading with kindness and building each other up, which is, um, which is definitely something that it sounds like Dolly's doing all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was doing it forever. Okay. Well then let's, uh, I mean, other than Dolly, who inspires you and, uh, whose career would you, do you admire and possibly like to emulate or Mm. make it your own, you know? Well, um, (laughs) that's. Interesting because, um, you know, I draw inspiration from a lot of different people. I think it's really what I relate to in any moment, in any given time. I could be anywhere, any place, and anyone could inspire me. Um, and I'm going to make a mental note and store it for later. I find that it you can go down a dangerous road if you pick one person and try to emulate them because you will never live up to what they're doing. You'll always be comparing yourself. And, um, you know, Bayark Lee gave me a great piece of advice when I was working with her on Bombay Dreams. She said, Lisa, everybody is on their own train. Why do you want to hop on someone else's? Mm. And I thought about that. I said, yeah, you know, we're all going different speeds. Sometimes there's a red light. Sometimes there's a diversion but we're all heading in the same direction we're just going to get there at different times you know and if you're the the captain of that train you really should be the one in control of it so you know as much as I would like to or uh, you know follow in the footsteps that's been incredibly successful I don't think it's a smart thing to do 
because I'm only going to be disappointed. You build your own path. Take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, and make your own path down the road. Yeah, that's not to say, you know, it's, I'm always welcoming help. And, oh, you know, yeah. and, and, and I appreciate that. And that's why I try to return that as much as possible. Because uh, I, I think that's what people need to be able to succeed in, in their life, in their dreams, in their goals. You got to help one another. Yeah, you can't hoard it all. Uh, don't do anybody any favors. Yeah, I mean, I used to think that I just, I could do it on my own, and I should have to do it on my own. But that's just not the reality of it. No. Oh my gosh, Jen helps me every damn day. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, putting on those pants is hard. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you, oh. putting on pants is hard, friends. Mm-hmm. That's no word of a lie right no. here, right now. So Lisa, we always ask every one of our guests. If you could please give us and anybody listening Mm -hmm. some advice, what are the words of wisdom that you use daily that maybe we could use as well? (laughs) Steal. That we can take and put it in our pocket. Okay. Well, you know, I, it's, it's not so simple. It's, it's a lot of words actually. Um, It's a lot of different things. You got to be kind to yourself. You have to be kind to others. And that means it doesn't mean that you have to be, um, you know, subservient or you, you need to be um, like gentle in your, in your tactics to, to move forward. I, I think you need to be aggressive, um, but you also need to be humble and you need to be appreciative and you have to pay back as much as you take. Actually, you should pay back even more. Um, that, that goes a lot farther. Uh, knowledge and education, preparation, preparation, preparation. We always talk about being prepared, mm-hmm. which means classes, training, um, making good relationships. And I think knowing what your goal is or goals are and having a plan, like a two-year plan, five-year plan, and taking those baby steps to get there. Um, leaps sometimes don't work because you can slide back a little bit. That's why I always say baby steps. It might take okay. you longer to get there, but then you'd have longevity. And I think lastly, diversify. Um, so, you know, like a financial portfolio, you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. You want to be able to teach. You want to be able to choreograph, sing, act, um, all of it. So when it come, comes time to pull out those skills, you have something to offer that maybe not everybody else has. And also as you get older, um, you have more to draw from than to make this a career for yourself. For yourself. Uh-huh. I'd say that was a lot. I love it. But, you know, it's it's not easy. But if you love it, do it. Do it. Get it, get out there, just do, it. do it, just bloody do it. Get it's a great time. Off the floor and do it. <laughs> be kind to people, and and that's it. You know. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. You know, like it's it's so many times I you know I sit in on you know if I'm working with the director that's choosing an associate, for example, it's not necessarily the person that is most qualified. Yeah. It's the person that he wants to go have a pizza with, or she wants to go. You well, know, because they're going to be sitting next to each other for the next yeah. eight hours a day for the whole rehearsal. 
rehearsal process. They yes. better be a cool person. Having said that, <laughs> they have to be able to back it up right? For sure. with mm-hmm. skill. Otherwise, you're, you get fired. <laughs> and then Otherwise. there's somebody else. <laughs> no, it's get true. Done. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, it just happened. So, And people don't know about Lisa Stevens. She's a badass, guys. But like, I've never fired that. anybody. <laughs> no, but I mean in, in life. In front of them. <laughs> what? In life. You're like, let's put on some music. Like, let's rock and roll, but let's work hard. Like, it's fun. <laughs> and it's a, being a badass. I love it. Okay, we always finish our show by, we have a song. A five, six, Seven, eight. Bitches are lit, titties are out, turkey's done. Yes! She's killing me. Lisa Stevens, everybody. We love you. folks the awesome lisa stevens just reminding us to find the humor be kind to each other and be kind to yourself and we can certainly all relate to that at this moment in time thank you thank you lisa for bringing a smile to our dial today head on over to lisa's instagram to keep up with all things lisa stevens that's at lisa underscore l underscore stevens we'll of course be posting all about her this week on our instagram that's at tits and teeth podcast and we'll have more info about lisa up on our website that's tits and teeth podcast.com and our twitter is of course at teeth tits you'll also notice on our insta that we are moderating a live q a chat this wednesday april 22nd with director choreographer stephanie graham and producer choreographer and casting director of the next step miss Amy Wright happening on Amy Wright casting page on YouTube so make sure you come on over and say g'day on Wednesday as well that's all from us for now folks in the meantime whatever you're facing this week keep laughing keep smiling keep doing what's good for you keep those tits up and those teeth out because you got this we got you and we bloody love you guys 